Ask the Podcast Coach for April 1st, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's Saturday morning. It means it's it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. Jim is out on special assignments. So from epiccreative.com it's the one and only it's the mayor of mcfuzzville or something <laughs> fuzz martin how are you buddy i am doing well how are you thanks for having me on dave and uh, thanks for not being able to be on jim i appreciate the uh, <laughs> i appreciate your seat if you, uh, yeah thanks for having me on if you missed it the uh many moon how many moons ago did you were you doing good morning podcasters so i started on november 1st of 2022 and I, well, I bought it while I was drunk on October 31st, uh, 2022. And then I finished on February 28th. So it's been about a little over a month since I have not been doing good morning podcasts. So I think lesson number one, maybe not buy a podcast when you're drunk. Would that be? Accurate? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that would be my first uh, uh, advice for podcasters is don't do it drunk. Yes. Don't buy it drunk. You can podcast drunk if you want. Yeah. That's I've seen many of those where the like the drunk cast and things like that. But uh yeah. speaking of drinking, um yeah. Fuzz came prepared. He I actually did. has I, he doesn't have the mug, but he has a mug. And I've so, got a University of Wisconsin lacrosse mug. That's where I paid thousands <laughs> of dollars for my daughter to go to school. And uh I stopped at Starbucks on the way so uh, I could do There we go. This. Yeah. And of course that uh that coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at podcastbranding.co because you know they see you before they hear you and you want to look good. And the beautiful thing about podcastbranding.co is the fact that Mark is a podcaster. So that whole like, well, it's a radio show kind of like for the internet. Yeah, you don't have to have that conversation. Mark knows exactly what it is. In fact, Mark's going to go over and listen to your show. He's going to check out your website because he really wants to make sure that your brand is just a, a it's like butter for your eyes basically so that everything just <laughs> rolls together and that you don't have this happy upbeat uh you know music for the the grieving cast or something of that nature and uh, you're not going to get that from a guy on fiverr so and also if you need a website if you need a pdf whatever you need if you need something to look good you want to go check out mark over at podcastbranding.co because you know it's the place to go We can answer the question where he goes, what is he saying? It's cappuccino. Take me home. Oh, oh okay. Cappuccino, or or, or maybe frappuccino, something chino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and also we want to thank Dan over based on a true story podcast. And I, the thing I want to say here is I always say your podcast is a recipe, not a statue. And he recently kind of juggled a little bit of his format. And now he's looking at a time stamp like, Hey, this week in, in whatever in april and then you'll say oh this happened this happened and this happened and this is how it was covered in the movies and so you learn about multiple movies in one episode it's uh he does a really good job it's kind of a narrative style thing check it out over at based on a true story podcast.com and that uh that does it for all the housekeeping that we start off i we were talking this morning i said you know uh if i was coaching myself i would say don't do so many ads at the beginning of the show but we get them over with and then uh 
we hop on. So we got people in the chat room. Of course, if you want to jump in, you can ask your questions live or you can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join and uh, hop right in. And uh, if you're like, who's is this Fuzz Martin guy? What? How many years were you? Are you in radio? So I was in radio for 15 years. I started off at a little school station. Then I moved literally into a, a, a country station that was called Your Home in the Country. And it was literally a house in the middle of a cornfield in a very small area in nice. southern Wisconsin. And then I was at a station in the Milwaukee market for 11 years. So, and then, uh, then I quit a dozen years ago and got into advertising and podcasting is my way of doing the stuff that I love about radio and not having to deal with radio uh, general managers and sales managers and those things. So, well, one of the things I know they do in radio is an air check and give me a little behind the scenes of like, what, what is an air check? What do they point out? What do they, you know, is it a waste of time? Yeah. So an air check is essentially a way of evaluating how your show is going and finding out your strengths, finding out some of your crutches and things that you say too often. If you say, um, a lot, those kind of things, the, what a, a program director at a radio station. So the person that's in charge of determining what goes on the air and helping to grow that talent, they will record your show, just the parts of you speaking usually at a time that you don't know they're recording and then they'll come back and sit down with you and say, okay, it's time to go through your air check and they'll have it all written out by time code and say, here, you you know, you do this a lot or you could have improved by doing this or don't, you know, take a jingle into a commercial, those kind of things. <laughs> so the, uh, so an air check is really a way of listening to a talent's show and then telling them what they can do to improve. And I, it can happen with podcasting easily. Uh, especially easily because it's always recorded. So, well, um, can you remember anything that you've actually learned from a, a you know sitting through one of those? You know, one of the big things I think that I took away when I was early on, while I was getting my feet under me on the air and becoming a personality instead of just a disc jockey, was my program director said, "You you sound like you're talking to." You're, you know, hey, all you people out there and uh, you you there in radio land. And he said, you're, you're radio and, and podcasting in this case is an intimate medium where you're speaking to a person in their car. Maybe they're out at the gym. Maybe they're on a walk, wherever they may be. They're in their office. To to them, you're speaking to them one to one. And to you, yourself, you know, yes, you're broadcasting. But he, he encouraged me to print off a photo of what our ideal audience member looks like or our not ideal, but like who our audience was a country radio is typically a mom in a, in a minivan with, you know, two or three kids. <laughs> so I had a, a stock photo of a mom with three kids taped to the monitor on, on, on the broadcast console. And that's who I was speaking to every day. So if I started to get a little edgy, I knew the line was, is she going to have to cover her kid's ears? And also <laughs> if I started talking about stuff that maybe as a, you know, at that time, a, you know, late twenties male, um, is that connecting with the mom in the car? Right. So, uh, and that was something that I got out of an air check. And I, I really encourage anybody who's in podcasting to consider 
doing something similar. Who is your audience? Who are you talking to? Put a, you know, put that picture up in your studio when you're recording and, and try to make it about them or make it for them. Not necessarily just for you. Yeah. I remember, um, I've read a couple different, there was a great podcast for a while about like the behind the scenes story of Oprah and Hmm. she called her avatar, uh, Susie Homemaker. And oh, yeah. so they were trying to get her to compete. This is back in the days of uh, Phil Donahue. And then Geraldo came on and had KKK members throwing chairs at each other and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, we need to be more like these guys. And she's like, nope, Susie Homemaker doesn't care about the KKK. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of cool that everybody was trying to, kind of like now with Facebook and Twitter, everybody's like trying to, you know, TikTok's trying to look like Instagram and Instagram's trying to, it's like, and Oprah's like, no, I'm just going to like, I know who my audience is. I'm going to give them what they want. And it seemed to work out okay for her basically. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Well, I, I saw a question in, in Facebook and this person said, I have over a hundred episodes. So first of all, congratulations on that. And I'm starting to think the problem is me. Uh, I published over a hundred episodes of my podcast in the last three years, and I'm still struggling to break 75 plays on Spotify. Well, there's one little issue there that we'll talk about. I think it's about time to start accepting two things. My show probably doesn't have market appeal and the market is currently overly saturated with people making comedy podcasts. Um, anyone feel me on this? What should I do to improve? I can only think to buy advertising to get the word out. Um, so that's, that's one person we have, we have, I see this a lot in yeah. podcasting. So the, the first thing that jumped out of me, if you're only checking your stats on Spotify, either a, you're now in anchor slash, what is it now? Spotify for podcasters yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. and you haven't submitted your show anyplace else. So that would be problem number one. Cause that's a, a question I get in support a lot is, Hey, you know, my case, I work for Libsyn and they're like, I see the numbers, but is that just from whatever Apple or is it just from my website or whatever? And it's like, no, no matter who your host is, you know, we'll, we'll go with the, the norm that they're IAB certified. But if somebody listens to a minute of your show on anything, whether it's an iPad, an iPhone, a website, whatever, it's going to be counted in your media host. So when I see Spotify only, I was like, mm, that's, you know, cause I, I have one show that does really well in Spotify. What, for whatever reason, um, this show does meh, in in Spotify, the school of podcasting is horrendous in Spotify, but other mm-hmm. shows do great. So I don't know if it's I, – I hear that Spotify might have a younger demographic, you know, but that would be yeah. that. But uh, um, so they've got the, – the other thing I've always – I mean, again, it's great that you have 100 episodes out, um, and it's been three years, so that's cool. But I think the thing that a lot of people don't ponder I, – I think this is it. I'm going to start a podcast, and I'm going to get ads. So what is the why of my podcast? And really, I know you help your wife with a a podcast. Like what's her why? Yeah, her why is to help teachers. So teachers have limited resources. She is a technology coach. So what she does is helps teachers in her district come up with ways, creative ways to teach lessons, usually using technology. So she finds free tools that teachers can use. And then she talks about them on the air. So her audience is essentially uh, K-12 teachers and her topics are always free tools. No, no tools are, are paid. You know, like you can, they may have paid versions, but they're, they always have a free version. And that's what we focus on. You know, one or one to three tools each week. They're usually grouped in kind of a, 
uh, theme. So, and so that's, that's what she's focused on. And that's, you know, so we know who her niche is and we know who to get this message out in front of. And it's not a, a broad appeal show. It's really focused on that group. So it becomes easier to market that because we know who we're talking to and we know where to find them. Is the idea to just kind of build the community of, of teachers because, you know, in, as they say, two heads are better than one. So a thousand, you know, 2000 eyes would be much better than, than two. Uh, Cause I know I've had different shows like that where it's like, Hey, I found this cool thing. And somebody's like, Ooh, that's really cool. Have you ever heard about this? And yeah. then somebody else. And so that's very cool. Yeah. My, uh, my sister-in-law teaches third grade. And um, if you ever want to, if you have a teenager and you're worried about them playing hot dogs and donuts with, with uh, somebody, uh, what you want to do is take them to a third grade class field trip because that mm-hmm. is the best. That is the best um, uh, birth control. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take them with a bunch of third graders, and yes. nobody wants. Oh, it was uh, amazing. But I was. A, but every year before school, I remember one time she was buying chairs. Like it's mm-hmm. amazing how you think. Well, you're fine tax dollars at work, and you're like, mm, no, we need to go buy crayons because they gave us, you know seven boxes and we have, you know, 20 students or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. So And the, the tax code says we can only write off $250 that she spent in her classroom. Yes. And, and, you know, it's like, well, we definitely spend, not only do we spend probably at least a thousand a year on different things, but she also buys stuff since we're, you know, we're doing okay. She buys stuff for other teachers, especially younger teachers who are just getting started. And yeah, it's, uh, uh, so having finding a free tool and giving you know a lot of teachers are focused on what they're teaching not a, not everybody is understands the technology so this helps so when somebody's searching for you know how do i teach about the titanic is our next uh, episode that we have coming up and then Ooh. they can find information technology based information on how to teach about the titanic to their students at any grade level so i just watched a fun movie on amazon and it's, I'm not a big tin foil hat guy, but to make a long story short, the, the people that the company that had the Titanic, the mm-hmm. one, the one guy kept wrecking this one boat and they couldn't get the insurance to pay for it. So according to this lovely conspiracy theory, they <laughs> swapped the name of, they took the Titanic and put it on the boat that this guy had been wrecking. Oh, wow. And then they the Olympus, whatever it was, blah, 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 is actually the, the boat that sank. And I didn't believe it until in the middle, they dropped the name JP Morgan. So, oh, okay. And I was yeah. like, you know what? That sounds, uh, you know, it was, uh, so welcome to conspiracy theory corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was also a, a billionaire at the time, uh, uh, Astoria from the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah. Uh, he died on the, on the Titanic or whatever ship it was. Yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah. well, that's they point out there were a lot of people that at the last minute, all the people, a lot of people in first class went, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm sick. I can't go. So it's interesting. Oh. Uh, I yeah. wish I knew the name of it, but uh, coach Dave says uh, he has a photo in front of him. He's, he's using that technique to work. I, well, this is one of the advantages. If you can go to an event where you get to meet somebody who comes up and says, Hey, I listened to your show. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's it's Ken Blanchard, it's Kim Kraji, it's, you know, you meet these people and you're like, is that going to resonate with so-and-so? Uh, and also, if you do get the chance to meet somebody who listens to your show, be sure to do like a quick focus group. I always ask people, what do you like about the show? So that you can mm-hmm. do more of that. 
But the key is to ask them, what do you wish I would not do? Or is there something that's kind of driving you nuts about the show? And then the key then is to shut up. And what will happen is you have this weird, awkward pause because they don't want to say, I hate it when you do that one jingle thing and I hate the lightning round or whatever it is. But if mm-hmm. you give them enough space, they will either come up with something or if it gets really long and awkward, then you can always say, if you think of something, let me know because I'm always looking yeah. to make the show better. But I have had people say like, ah, that one thing you did, uh, I had somebody say, I wish you would swap out your commercials more frequently on my one show because I would do, it's dynamic, but I would like leave mm-hmm. it in for the month. And they said, when I binge your show, I keep hearing the same in, the same advertisement. I went, yeah, that's yeah. good feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, Coach Dave says, I spent more than a month developing details for my ideal listener avatar. Uh, refined it over time as I got to know more uh, in interacting with the different listeners. So, yeah, that's you, right. you can kind of niche yourself out of an audience, uh, but that's usually mm-hmm. pretty extreme. Like, if I did a show, the example I always talk about is what if I wanted to do a show about being more confident? All right, who doesn't want to be more confident? But then if I say, well, okay, what about being a more confident parent? Okay, now we just cut out all the people who don't have kids. But what if I said uh, more confident first-time parent? Ooh, now we just cut out, you know, some more people. Uh, and if I wanted to go one more level, if I said, what about being a more confident first-time interracial parent? Ooh, we just cut out a bunch of people. Yeah. But the people that are left are like, yeah, we need to talk about some stuff. But if I go, what about being a more confident first-time interracial left-handed parent? Okay, now we've niched down to the point where like, no, we've got yeah. too far. Right. Don't exactly. Be crazy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, but that, that is, that is great that uh, coach Dave is able to do that. And I really think if you can do those kind of focus groups and develop that ideal listener better, I think that's great. And, and also, you know, it comes down to two things, you know, if we're, you know, if I put up a picture, if we're doing a ask the podcast coach and I put up a picture of people that look just like us, um, am I, ex- do I start excluding uh, audiences as well? So it's really trying to make sure that you're keeping that uh, broad enough and diverse enough as well. Um, back to your point about uh, speaking with listeners. I recently on my, I do a very hyper local show called 15 minutes with fuzz. It's about positive things happening in our community. Nice. And, and that show is like, that's my baby now after, after good morning podcasters, that's the one that I, I focus on the most, but I recently did a listener survey and I created a Google form and said, take the survey at the end. I'll ask you if you want a sticker, if you want a yeah. 15 minutes with fuzz sticker, I will uh, send you one. Just give me your address at the end. If not, thank you for your information. And I, you know, I asked uh, one of the questions that I get all the time is why don't you do stuff outside of the area? You, you could do things all over Southeastern Wisconsin and highlight things across the state. And I really want to keep it local, but I wanted to find out if that was if, if there was appeal for that. And so I asked that as one of my first questions and 80% of the people who responded said, keep it local. And so, uh, I'm going to keep it local, but it is in, you know, if had that been, everybody wants to hear more from outside, then perhaps I would have expanded that. Uh, but that's real easy. If you have a Gmail account, go to Google drive, you can create a Google form and then you can ask all those questions that you want and uh and you know send your listeners there via a short link and hopefully uh you get some responses yeah and i do have the occasional person's like hey i i logged into whoever your media host is and i can't see like 
what percentage of my audience is male, how old are they, that kind of stuff. You can get that from Spotify. You can also find out who your top audience is, which is weird because when I when I went into uh, podcasters, I think it's podcasters.spotify.com, I could see where it was like The Weeknd and like Blake Shelton from The, the Force. Okay, yeah. I was like, that's yeah. an odd mix of... So I have an eclectic <laughs> audience. But you yeah. can't really, because of GDPR, which is this thing in Europe about privacy... Legally, you can't ask that stuff. So that's where a Google for comes into play. Um, if you go to edisonresearch.com and type in like um, survey questions, Tom Webster, mm-hmm. when he worked there, made a whole thing on like how to make a survey. Uh, oh, great. Which is really cool. So there's some some fun stuff. Ask them. There's just some other things you can do. Like what was the last product you bought? You know, so you start oh, to yeah. see what yeah. your audience is buying and then maybe that's a sponsor um, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of fun stuff you can do. Um, and then you could also be as, as simple as, um, I know, uh, Dave asked, you know, but are the shows good that are talking about, I've got a hundred episodes in, this is where you can go. Uh, the guy, um, Jack Reicher from the Darknet diaries was like, mm-hmm. um, what episode did you listen to? Did you listen all the way through? If not, and then it was like, why did you stop? And then on a scale from one to 10, how likely are you to share this episode with a friend? And if he got a seven or an eight, he was like, I'm looking for nines and tens. Yep. So he just kept going back. So that's just an easy one that's like, hey, is the show good? Because mm-hmm. there's only one way to find out, and that's to ask people, hey, like, did you like the show? And more importantly, would you share this with a friend? So that's the the old net promoter score uh, setup. So mm-hmm. yeah, when you when you see a survey that's you know one through ten, uh, would you recommend this show or this product to another user? If that's always the case, if it's anything under nine or ten, then that's considered you're not uh, not a, a promoter at that point. And so we you know we work with some of our clients here at Epic to uh, do we do that once a month with a, a set of their customers and then we find out why and then we use that to try to make improvements to their product or their online experience those kind of things and i've I've always heard if you do like a from one to one whatever number that you want to use an even number because like here i'm holding up five fingers and it's really easy for somebody just to grab that middle one and just go all threes all the way whereas if it's if it's one through four they got to figure out do they like it a little more or do they not like it a little Mm -hmm. more based on uh you know, what they're thinking about, but it's, that's, I think that's the thing that maybe podcasters, I know this is a drum I, I beat a lot, but, um, the, I'm not sure podcasters really want feedback on their show. Cause I think when they ask for feedback, they're really like, would you please agree with everything yes. I've done to this point? I need somebody to make me feel whole. Can you please help me feel whole? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's what your family and friends are for. So, but I think, I think if you want to improve your show, you need to hear the hard stuff and work to make that stuff better. And sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable changing your workflow, changing the structure of your show, uh, you know, changing the topic of your show and those kind of things. Because if you, if you want to get better and you want to improve, you have to hear what's, what's not good in order to improve that. Yeah. And it's difficult for anybody to hear that their baby's ugly or their, uh, you know, the thing that they're pouring their self themselves into isn't great in advertising. We get this a lot. I, I think, you know, between 
writers and designers. So both, both are creating, both are, uh, you know, putting stuff out there, but we find that our writers typically take feedback harder than designers because mm-hmm. designer, you can say, um, you know, that looks okay, but can you move this pixel here and do this? When you have a writer and you're, and you look at the writing and critique that, and it's got a bunch of red marks on it <laughs> and, you know, they just spent, you know, hours writing this and you hand it back with like essentially saying here, everything you've created is garbage. <laughs> um, they take it a little bit harder. So the, but it does help to improve that. And I think that podcasting is similar to that in that it's a, to writing and that you're creating stuff that's kind of from in here. And then somebody's telling you, yeah, but maybe do it differently. And that could be hard to swallow. Yeah. Uh, a similar question also in Facebook. It says, my show is now three years old. It is a live streaming YouTube podcast with over 230 episodes and now about to start season 11. So they're on season 11, but they're on year three. I'm trying to do that's like three seasons a year or something. I'm struggling with motivation. Our numbers are okay. We have uh, a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So that's awesome. So things are moving in the right direction. Some people love the show and say change nothing. Plus, there are fans from day one still, which is great. But I feel like it should be growing a lot better. I love Mm -hmm. that statement because I want to go, why? Why do you think it should be growing a lot better? Has anyone else been through this? Everybody has been through this. Um, How do I go about it? Do I keep working hard and hoping things speed up? So um, that would be the first thing I would ask them. Like, why do you think it should be growing better? Because I've seen usually the answer to that when I ask that is like, well, there's this one show that they haven't put out an epi- episode in like five months. And when I search for that, they come up and my show doesn't such and such. Yeah. And I'm always yeah. like, so you're spending a lot of time looking at your competition. And I'm like, maybe you should spend more time interacting with your listeners instead. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I figured out how they got to 11 seasons. Okay. There are four seasons in a year, winter, spring, summer, fall. Ah. And so we've had two years would be eight and then we're coming up on the third year. So that's three, eight plus three is 11 season 11. There you go. It goes to 11, right? It exactly. goes, goes to 11. Um, it's one more. Yeah. So if this person comes to you, any advice or where would you start? I, I would start by wanting to know who their audience, ideal audience is. Um, listening to a couple episodes or, or skimming through to, to find out what it's all about and then find out what, how, how, how are you promoting this? What uh, are you just expecting people to show up because you're creating it? Cause that doesn't work. Uh, and unless you're a celebrity and uh, unless this person has some celebrity, maybe not. And then also just focusing again, what we talked about before, focus down on who do your who your audience is and engage with them in in those places and try to build a community around that, um, you know, without, without having, without seeing their their show, uh, I'm not totally certain what advice specifically I'd give to them in terms of like, hey, do this or you know, buy an ad here or whatever that might be. But, um, yeah, it's really start with start with why and then figure out uh, who. And then look for the low-hanging fruit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually share my screen here, but I'm going to explain what's going on for those that you are listening to the audio because I'm not going to say the name of the show, uh, 
but I, I'm going to show something here in Hindenburg. And so we're looking at this audio, and it, they've got great audio. It's right up probably around minus three, and mm -hmm. it's really super thick, and it's them talking over music. And then when the music stops, their audio literally gets cut in half. Like if, if yep. I were to scroll right. And so when somebody said, hey, I'm trying to take my show to the next level, and I went over and listed to this, and also, and it's it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, but again, it's the whole recording from the bathroom kind of thing where, you know, yeah. your microphone's too far away or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. so before you take it to the next level, you know, I remember um, I was reading an article once on Bill Belichick, who was the, the coach of the New England Patriots. And this is during the Tom Brady days. And he said, they always start off training camp with like how to tackle. And these are professional football players. He's like, nope, we go, right. we go back to the basics and we mm -hmm. cover those things because we kind of assume that everybody knows how to tackle, but hey, let's make sure. And so there, there is that, your audio level. Um, the one that I still, it really scratches my head. I see this a lot at, at Libsyn and I advise these people. I'm like, hey, going back to your why, and usually these are coaches. And I think every coach should have a podcast and yet they're using the Libsyn podcast page. Now it's not a horrible page. It's, mm -hmm. it's super simple. It's a great place to listen and subscribe, but all your lead magnets and your coaching and everything else that you're selling is on your website. And I'm always yep. amazed when people are not putting their podcast as a blog post. I would just say, look, if you know what a blog is, just think of your podcast, like a blog, copy and paste your, your episode description and throw on a player. And while you're at it, put a link to Apple, Google, and Spotify on your website. And that's, again, that's low hanging fruit that people go, Oh yeah, I never thought, I just thought I had to use this page because it came with my media host or something like that. Do you know, if, can you think of any other low hanging fruit that uh, you might want to think about? Yeah. I mean, I, I would look at, you know, what is the intro to the show? What are your calls mm. to action? You know, all the kind of going through the, we call it hitting signals, right? So going through, making sure that all the, you know, all those basics are, are, dialed in the you know i that audio part is is great i think the you know getting the titles of your show right you know what do those oh, look like are, are they you know episode one two three you know then the name of the podcast and and then some subject that's like way off to the you know and <laughs> hidden somewhere uh because you've put too many characters in it's a it, it there is so there's so much work involved if you want to do this right. And it has to become, you know, I, I have checklists of things that I go down, make sure I got all the, you know, did I create the episode graphics? Did I create a, a social media sized, you know, 1200 by 630 pixel social sharing graphic for my website? Uh, you know, I create templates for all this stuff. So it, it it goes quickly, but you know, is do I have a transcript? Do I have all these kind of basics after <laughs> after creating good content and after creating a good show and editing it and making all that? There's so much little work that goes into it, uh, but it takes time and it doesn't just happen. Yes, for some people in the world it happens, but that's just like becoming an NFL player. Like there's a little little sliver of people uh, the four million active podcasts that will somehow just get noticed without doing all of the important <laughs> things. And it's likely not going to be you. And if it is, buy a lottery ticket. Exactly. So. Yeah. And in that particular show, because that's 
I, I reviewed the show on the podcast rodeo show. And one thing that I see people do on occasion, they, they do one extreme or the other. When they go to introduce the show, they'd be like, hey, this is Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. And then they'll say something. And then later they'll like, oh, and this is Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast. I'm like, okay. And then what she did is she explained who her guest was. Like, hey, they're very similar to what I do, yada, mm-hmm. yada and, and kind of introduce them. And then she reintroduced the show. So this is Ask the Podcast Coach. Where, and you're like, yeah, I, I, we got that. I, I didn't skip that part. <laughs> and then she, and, and this is one that kind of drives me a little nuts, especially if it's long, reading somebody's LinkedIn bio. Because A, it sounds like you're reading someone's LinkedIn bio. And B, mm-hmm. half that stuff doesn't pertain. And so I remember one of the, the parts of the the person's bio was that they were an actress. And I was like, does that really have anything to do with what you're going to talk about today? Because it was kind of a, I forget what it was, but just thinking that's, you know, the audience doesn't care. That's not like they're going to go, oh, I'm so glad they were an actress. Because if mm-hmm. they weren't an actress, I wouldn't be listening. It was really out of left field. So that's, uh, I, I hear that a lot, or just the the double intro where you'll be like, hey, today on the show, we have Fuzz Martin. Uh, he's a great guy and he's got an advertising background. He's been in radio, blah, blah, blah. Here's my talk with Fuzz Martin. And then when it starts, what do you hear is, hey, we're talking with Fuzz Martin and like an, yeah. the double intro. So those are just little things that I think a lot of people either don't hear or they're skipping through it. I know for me, it doesn't matter how many times I've pieces parted an episode together. Before mm-hmm. I upload that thing, I listen to it one more time. And I swear yep. the five times that I haven't is the time I wake up in the morning and somebody's got an email going, do you know you have 30 seconds of nothing in the middle of your show? And you're like, Grr. so <laughs> I've been there and, and regarding the, the guests on the show. So with my local podcast, every, it's all interviews. And I tell the, the person sitting across from me here, I'll say, we're recording the middle of the show. So I'm going to have introduced you. I'll, I'll record that over the weekend so if you don't be startled by the fact that I just get into it because this is our, our way. And then we just have a little conversation before we get going just so they're warmed up. Yeah. But I also, and some people don't like this, but I'm not a, I'm not trying to like make news here. I'm just trying to get positive stories out. So I will send a list of questions ahead of time to my interviewee and say, here's essentially the roadmap. I don't want you to write this out. I don't want you to think about it too much, but just tell me if there's anything that I should be asking you that's not on here or shouldn't be asking you uh, that because it is on here. And I know some people aren't uh, into like if you're doing an interview, not to provide questions ahead of time. Those aren't, I go off the script or off that, off that list, depending on their answers, but preparing, I, I think is where I'm going with this. And that's one thing that would always come out of air checks as well is what does your show prep look like? You know, did you prep for that guest properly? And how can you tighten it up and make it sound even better to the listener without repeating information and, and doing that? So prepare, 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 and then go and then edit, edit, edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always give them the topics. Like here's mm-hmm. where, here's, like you said, the roadmap. Uh, I've only had one time where somebody asked for the questions. And when I got the answers, it was very, Hey, Dave, that is a very good question. And they were obviously, but so that's usually why I don't give them the question, but it's only happened once. Usually I just like, hey, and it does help. Here's another one. I had this happen this week. 
let the guests know when you've pressed record. Because, oh, yes. Because I joined a Zoom call, and I did the old, this one's being recording, and he, like, introduced, he's like, hey, it's Dave Jack, blah, 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 and I'm, like, waiting for him to go, like, to kind of give me a little prep, you know, and, like, we were into it, and it, it didn't <laughs> dawn on me till about the third question that I was like, oh, we're doing it. Like, this is it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just like, so... You might want to let people know when they're officially on the record. Luckily, I didn't say anything horrible or whatever. But I was like, <laughs> Dave Jackson canceled. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not a thing, or it won't be a thing in April. And I'm somewhat mad at myself. I'm not mad at the at the people that made this product because they, they took a swing. They took a big swing, and kudos to them. But I was using this app called Volley. It was so okay. cool. And you could send people a text, you could send them audio, you could send them video, you could send them a screen share, and it was free. And I mm. was like, ooh, I love this, but I am not a big fan of free. And the, the reason for that, if I was somewhere where I could pay stuff, I have a list of about 12 podcasting companies that have gone out of business yep. because free is not a good business model. So I interviewed the guy that founded it. And he had started four different companies, and they'd all been purchased, and they were all super popular and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well... I'm going to believe, and I still believe in Josh. I, I think part of it was the economy and things like that. But uh, off I ran with this thing, and they announced April 30th. So sorry, but we're closing it. And I looked at it, and I was like, okay, why did this go out of business? And part of it is that they created a really cool app. And they said, mm -hmm. hey, if you're, if you're using this now, everything you're using for free will always be free. And then we're going to create some additional features, and you'll have to buy those. And I was like, cool, great business model, love it. And the stuff that they created that you had to buy, I didn't need. Like, I didn't really oh, need oh, HD yeah, video. Yeah. I can do LD video perfectly fine. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and then they came I'll, – I'll give them credit. They came up with this cool thing where you could charge people for coaching and this and that. So long story short, uh, if you're using Volley and if you haven't heard, it's going out of business. I am moving to a thing called Zip Message. Uh, I'm assuming I've set up supportthisshow.com slash zip message. It's basically volley with a monthly fee and they're going to be rebranding to clear something, something it's, it's really focused on coaches. But I, I say this cause I was laughing. I was talking about, I, I put out a newsletter on Friday and I said, you know, so beware of using free services said the guy yeah. who's using Substack for his <laughs> newsletter. And I went, uh, so, um, yeah, I guess they just couldn't monetize it is what they said. And then the other problem is normally in a situation like this, you would go and get some VC money and mm -hmm. something to keep you floating until things catch on. And I guess right now, if you're looking for VC money, this is not a good time to do it. And so yeah. it was, uh, sad to see, but, uh, if you're using volley again, well, you better, uh, you know, <laughs> I was using it. I, I used the one thing where you could charge people for a thing, uh, monthly challenge dot fit, I think is my website. Okay. I should know this. Um, and it, it just dawned on me that all my subscriptions are going to go in April. And I was like, Oh, I oh. Need so I might use Patreon or set something oh, else yeah. up or whatever. But, uh, yeah. you know, it this, is, this, by the way, goes back to your point of before about having your own website. And that's oh. the thing that I tell people all the time is if you are relying on, you know, your, uh, your hosting service website, you know, on your, on your podcast host and not, not to say that Libsyn would ever go right. away or, or captivate that I, you know, whatever, if you, 
if you have all of your stuff, all of those eggs in that basket and something goes away, then you are risking that you're not going to, uh, you know, that's going to disappear. And then you're going to have to go and find everything and put it all back. If you have it on your website and you just simply need to change, you know, who your host is, that's a, a different piece. And then you get to own that. You can own the, you know, all the content on there without someday having to to move it or, you know, and it could not even be going away if somebody, you know, uh, your service decides to increase the prices dramatically or they take a, a feature away that you want or something and you need to move everything, it becomes a pain. So uh, that's why I always will be a proponent of having your own website for that content and that information that you're creating and that, that you own. Yeah, I would say it's 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 the main thing. And then your social and everything else kind of floats around that. And mm-hmm. I, I go back to the days of, of take your pick if we go way back to mp3.com. That was a website that was too big to fail. And then yeah. uh, uh, MySpace was another one. MySpace was huge back in the day. And now it's a you know footnote on Wikipedia somewhere. And um, what happens sometimes is I'll see people, and I think this is somewhat universal for most media hosts. When you sign up, you give it a name and, and you are given some sort of URL. A lot of times it's just a bunch of numbers or whatever. But that, especially if it's used for your feed, if later you go to change that, and like in Libsyn, there used to be a slug, and we finally just, we took away that feature because people were shooting themselves in the foot. Because if you change it, it breaks your feed, it breaks every MP3 file, and that's fairly universal on all media hosts. And that's Mm -hmm. where if you want to rebrand, put your show on your website. Don't so much, you know, you want to use your media host for what it's made for, which is, of course, hosting your media, but all the branding and stuff should be on your own website. So. Yep. Agreed. And that's like sounder went away, you know, earlier yeah. this year, that was a good example of, of that happening. And yeah, so just make it your own, own it back in the day in two. Well, my first podcast was in 2006 and I used to hand code the yeah. RSS feed and that was, you know, like copy and paste chunks and all that stuff. And, uh, but the thing with it was, my RSS feed lived on my website and I could, you know, uh, if, if my host went or if, you know, I didn't even have a host, it was, uh, was files that were on my website and RSS feed that was on my website, but, uh, that was wholly owned, uh, but difficult. And then when we first launched Shanna's website, I was, we were using the blueberry, uh, uh, power press, mm-hmm. uh, to do that. But all my episodes were stored on, Amazon uh, cloud on the uh, S3 cloud. It just got to be a lot of work. So I moved it away from that. But, um, you know, but that's how extreme you could go in terms of owning your stuff. Yeah. By the way, I have to say, uh, Dave, you have a lot of people named Dave that uh, comment and follow you. So I just wanted to. That's it. We're just a big team. You know how they say that like attracts like. Well, I just, you know, a lot of guys named Dave. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome, Dave. Um, <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> uh, but the uh, speak, we talked about this earlier, and this is actually happening. I was like, wait, what? Because it's an easy way to fix this problem. Um, this is on Facebook. I think this was in the Buzzsprout group, and it said, I did the unthinkable, and I recorded an episode. You ready for this? While taking a bath. It's no, oh. it's no surprising that the audio isn't amazing. There's a lot of echo. I'm new to editing. I'm using GarageBand. Sorry to hear that. Uh, And wondering if there's an easy edit to soften the echo. 
Um, <laughs> one is Adobe Enhance. If you just search yeah. for that, that's actually a pretty cool miracle tool. It, it kind of deadens the the audio a little bit. Um, but the RX other, elements would probably uh, RX isotope elements would yeah, probably work. There's that. There is. Um, there's one. I forget the name of the company, but it's called Deverberate. That's okay. really good because a lot of these d reverb things are made for if you're in a gym like really long oh. decays where a lot of times we're looking for this short room noise and mm -hmm. that does that but the the better thing would be uh don't record in the bathroom that would well, I, I think if, if you're going to record in the bathroom like there must be a why you're recording in the bathroom unless mm -hmm. it's just i i really need to get this episode recorded and i need to take a bath <laughs> but if if you're going to do that just own it i would say Make it sound like a bathroom. Own the own the space. It's like when uh, uh, you know pod pod news is recorded from a trade show floor. Just yeah. own the, own the ambiance of that and and take it. Um, when you said did the unthinkable, immediately my brain went. Uh, this person is recording from a stall in the Atlanta airport uh, bathroom. <laughs> so. That would be bad. <laughs> But I've done that. I remember once I've done a, a couple different interviews from the floor of an event. And I just mm -hmm. say, I'm here in the hallway at Podcast Movement talking to so-and-so. And, -so. and yep. that way, because what happens, I've seen people that they'll use a noise gate to take out the noise when somebody's not talking. But then when somebody's talking, there's all this murmuring in the background. Yeah. It actually sounds worse where if you just allow it to be kind of a noise floor and then you're talking over it. And I've had people say, wow, I kind of felt like I was there because you could hear all the stuff that's going on. So yeah, uh, as long as the signal to noise ratio is, is right. Good enough that it's not drowning you out from that. Then you're, I, I think that again, I would own it. And you know, you walk into a bathroom with your phone on, people can tell you're in the bathroom. If you're going to podcast with actual recording equipment in a bathroom, people are going to know you're in a bathroom. Yeah. And uh, right on top of it, of course, Isotope, a great company, <laughs> is now making a D-bath plug-in. So that will be uh, something that's coming up. And a um, long uh, April Fool's joke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, joining us here, uh, his video may not be on, but that's fine. Uh, live from version 3.0 of the Yellow Studio, the one and only Randy Cantrell. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. And I, I'm new computer setup, so Got I'm it. technically challenged. What yeah. can I say? How's the move? I look, I look better in audio anyway. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to jump on here and and say and, and bring up, not to hijack the show, but first of all, to thank you and to encourage anybody, you know, as podcasters, I don't know that there's anything still as old school as it is to get an email because of the trouble that a listener has to go through to send us email. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the midst of, of my move, and nice to meet you, Fuzz. Nice um, to meet you. you know, to just get, so Dave sent me an email. Uh, I put on my show, on one of my shows, Leaning Toward Wisdom, you know, involved in a move. We sold a house that we had lived in for 25 years and, had a couple of moves happening at the same time. Anyway, kind of a complex situation to happen late in life. But, you know, Dave took the time, sent me a nice, uh, a nice housewarming present, uh, but as important or more importantly, you know, just encouragement. And I know we're all listening to a lot of podcasts. And when I got his email, you know, I felt a little bit of guilt because I couldn't tell you the last time I had emailed somebody that I was listening to. 
Mm. And uh, so I don't know. I, I think I think encouragement, and I don't mean pats on the back and accolades and that kind of stuff, but just when somebody takes the time to email us, even if it's with some criticality, I don't know. It's a big deal. It is. And that's where, even if they do give you a, a pat on the back, they're like, Hey, I listened to episode 27. I thought it was great. Um, you know, obviously you're going to say thanks so much, but also take that time to, to do, you know, is there anything you'd like me to talk about in the future? Cause you've got somebody that's listening and they, they might be thinking, has he ever talked about such and such or this and that? So that's always a good way to maybe get ideas for, uh, for the show. So, you know, um, I think also when you interact in that case, you're likely to create a listener that even if they were critical, that they're going to stick around for a long time because they, you know, they feel that extra connection of you, you're an actual, a real authentic person who took the time to respond after they took the time to interact with you. So I, I think that's, I think it's very important to respond to every email and, and, uh, whether it's good or bad yeah how's the move right, going boys. uh it's insane insane <laughs> i would never advise anybody don't don't sell a house on one day and move the next day and then on two days later close on another house in a different location anyway don't don't move twice <laughs> simultaneously but that's you know Hey, these are opportunities. I kept telling my wife, I said, this is the price you pay for chasing a dream. <laughs> so, <laughs> dreams come through a lot of hard work. I know I heard folks talk about the end of the NFL and stuff. And yeah, there's a small percentage where everything just kind of falls into place. But the rest of us, mere mortals, we have to work really hard and all this stuff. So exactly. So yeah. it's good. It's good. I just wanted to say thanks, Dave. And I appreciate everything you do. I, I love the show. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, I'm a big fan from, from way, way back. Yeah. I, I would end on this note. I think it's also important for us as podcasters to surround ourselves. You know, Fuzz talked about that's what we got friends and family for, you know, to tell us how great we are, even if we're not. But then I think there can be this other circle of people around us. And, and Dave and Jim are both in my circle in that regard of people who are willing to tell you the truth uh, not to be critical and not to be judgmental, but because they've got your back, you know, they, they want you to do well. They want you to be as good as you can be. And I don't know how big that circle needs to be for, for anybody else. For me, it's a rather small group, especially in podcasting, but we, we need these kind of people. We need truth tellers in our mm -hmm. life. And I'll, uh, I'll leave you guys to the rest of it. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Folks. Nice to meet you as well, Randy. And remember the old adage, uh, measure twice, move once. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget which podcast movement it was, but I got there and Steve Stewart uh, from the Podcast Editors Academy, uh, I've known him for years, good friend. And uh, he's like, hey, I want to take it to lunch. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then he said, are you open for feedback? That's number one, a good question yep. to ask because some people might go, no. I'm happy, you know, but I said, oh, you know, my background's in teaching. I'm always happy to hear something. Mm -hmm. And he just said, sometimes when you're explaining stuff, the the curmudgeon comes out a little more than it used to. And he's like, you got to remember that some of these people are brand new to this. And I'm like, dude, that's yeah. I said, like I could leave podcast movement. I haven't even like made it to the the hotel yet. And I was yeah. like, I could go home now and like be super happy with uh, with that. So uh, mm -hmm. so it's always good to have uh, good people around. And speaking of good people. 
Uh, this would be a good time to, uh, you know, I think I have cool rocking music for this. Yeah, that'll work. Um, our awesome supporters, if you would like to be an awesome supporter, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. And uh, I actually did this this morning. And Greg from the Indie Drop-In pod, uh, Podcast Network, if you have, I think it's comedy, true crime, spooky shows, things like that, you can go over to IndieDropIn.com and actually add your show. You don't have to do anything with your feed. But if you're looking to, you know, get your show in front of a different audience, check out Greg over at IndieDropIn.com. And, uh, of course, uh, Ask the Podcast Coach runs on PodPage. If you want to try PodPage, go to TryPodPage.com. And literally, you can make a website for your podcast in about 10 minutes with knowing absolutely zero code for that. Uh, and he's not here today, but you can still get your fix of Jim Collison by going over to theaverageguy.tv uh, and check out Home Gadget Geeks. And when you think podcasting, think school of podcasting. Uh, I mentioned earlier about how the Volley app was something I use. When I mean one-on-one consulting, I mean one-on-one consulting, and that can also be via Zoom. So uh, that's something I do because, well, I love doing it along with all the courses and the community over there at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. And I don't want to leave uh, the fuzz man out. So, of course, uh, if you're like, wait, fuzz who? What? It's uh, You want to go over <laughs> to epiccreative.com. So thanks for all our... I didn't really have a good place to send anybody because I'm not doing good morning podcasters anymore. So, <laughs> but, um, and aren't you the mayor of something? I am actually, as of yesterday, I'm uh, officially the president of elect of my, my village, uh, that I live in the, uh, I, I am the only candidate on the ballot, but yesterday at noon was the deadline for, uh, official write-in candidates. So, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm the, President elect of the village of Kewaskum, Wisconsin. So, Kewaskum. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got a lot of uh, Algonquin names around here. That's so. fun filled and exciting. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I This is again from Facebook. Hey, I have a question. I recorded a podcast with one friend and my levels were so high, like I was so loud. And then I recorded the other night. My levels were very low and my partner levels were super high. And I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. How can I change this during the recording? This is one of those where we always need more information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing also that means they record it all on one track so that there's no way to increase one without going through and highlighting each section and normalizing them to one another. Yeah. So I had, uh, that is kind of the, the unforgivable sin in podcasting is if you record because in theory, a, a, a podcast should be like a sine wave. So it's this rolling hills up and down, and you see it. But when I open up a file and it's just a wall, this is just this mm-hmm. where you've recorded so loud. Because it's kind of weird in podcasting. You, you measure things, and zero is as loud as you want to go. You go up to zero. And mm-hmm. if you go over zero, it's it gets distorted. And I've seen people that just hand me stuff. And while I can take something that's recorded too soft and make it louder and make it listenable, it's hard. Even with, uh, I have uh, RX-10, and they have a D-clip, because technically that's mm-hmm. what it's called, you're clipping. And it can make it almost, I had one that was just horrendous. I, it just sounded like, you know, 
it was just this distorted thing. Sound like the guy was talking through a kazoo. Oh yeah, okay. uh, it just was bad, and I was able to kind of take some of that off, but it was still. And so what I did, it was for a, a client that I edit, and I was I knew they were going to say, "Hey, this still sounds bad," and I took a, like a before and after, and I'm like, I did the best I could, but here's yeah. a novel idea. And so <laughs> what I would recommend in situations like that is record something for 30 seconds, and everybody says their name or whatever, hit stop. Mm-hmm. And listen to it and then go, wait a minute. Cause I know like here we're on StreamYard, and this is kind of one of the problems with the, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to name a bunch. There's clean feed, there's Zencaster, Squadcast, Riverside. And many of these do not have like a StreamYard has zero in regards to how loud I am. I just look at the, mm. the roadcaster and I'm somewhere near where I normally am, you know, yep. but, but I have no idea if, you know, and so that's why in this case, uh, I have, you know, StreamYard recording it, but I also record it on the Roadcaster, and that way if, you know, Fuzz's dog starts barking or whatever, I can mute that channel. And I found this a lot with, uh, if I interview people I know, I'm much more likely to talk over them. I don't know why that is. And so I interviewed uh, Deidre from Cap Show, and I've I've known her a little bit, and I was editing the interview, and time and time again, we just couldn't get a rhythm going with who's going to talk now. And so it's really easy to go, oh, I was talking as she was doing and just mute me. So that's really where the, uh, if you ever wonder, why does everybody get so excited about separate tracks? It definitely comes in handy because not everybody can be in a, you know, pristine recording area in kids and dogs and lawnmowers. And depending on what mic you're using and things like that, uh, it can get to, you know, it's nice to have a second stab at it, which it's hard. Like if Fuzz and I were on the same channel, and let's say I was super bassy, well, if I pull the bass out to make me sound good, well, Fuzz was fine, so now mm-hmm. he sounds super thin. So, um, and oh, it's either that or you have to go through and highlight every oh, section yeah. and do that manually, and and then you might as well uh, not do it. <laughs> the uh, the one see. that got me was I had somebody who had a headset on. And they kept popping their peas. And I probably asked them like three times, you know, can you say happy peanut butter or something? And we kind of got it and I thought it was okay. And then we started doing it. And I don't know if they were conscious about it at the beginning and they weren't talking as loud, but man, I was getting, and I was like, you know what? I just feel awkward going, can we stop and do this again? But to Puzz's, uh, Puzz, yeah, Puzz. Yeah, thank you. I I get Buzz, I get, uh, you know, uh, other ones, but yeah, the, the first fuzz I've ever received. So, <laughs> well, I, mean, I want to give you something unique. Fuzz uh, mentioned I had to go into every P, highlight it, go into an equalizer, and say take every ounce of bass out of this, and that would somewhat make it to where it wouldn't jar the fillings out of your teeth when it happened. But uh, it took me hours because every P, every B, occasionally a K, it was just so as much as you. It, it is awkward sometimes to go, nope, move it again, move, move it again. The the 10 to 15 minutes it takes to get the right mic placement will save you hours on the back yeah. end. So uh, It's like a photographer, you know, getting it right in the camera instead of trying to fix it in Photoshop. It's, you know, and there are a lot of good tools that can fix a lot of this stuff now, but get it right to begin with. I totally agree with you. It's better to spend 10 to 15 minutes trying to, troubleshoot your technical issue than it is to try to fix bad recordings. 
for sure. Yeah, the uh, Coach Dave asks, why not separate track record, then use the multi-track leveler in Auphonic? I have the multi-level uh, thing, which what it's supposed to do is figure out who's talking, and it decides, not a fan. I've I've tried that probably four times, and it just, I end up going, hmm, close, not bad, but hmm. So I, I don't think I've used that in probably a couple of years, because I... It was a great idea, but for me, I just, you know, and the other th- problem I have with Alphonic, going back to mic placement, is if you have somebody who's a heavy breather, and either they're too close to the mic, or in some cases, they're just not healthy, uh, which is a thing, and they breathe so loud that when you run it through Alphonic, Alphonic, one of the things it does is it levels out the audio, so when it hears, it thinks it's a word. So all of a sudden, this person, every time they breathe, it, it's super loud. It's just, and like, oh, holy cow, what's going on? You know, And that is, again, fun, because then you have to go in and highlight the breath and pull it down. And so I always kind of, uh, a lot of times before I run it through, if it's a typical, fairly well-recorded thing, I will run a noise gate to kind of squish down yep. the, the breathing and then run it through a, a phonic. But um yeah, that's now I'm very self conscious of whether I'm breathing really loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what's your? I, I know you work in advertising. Um, mm-hmm. What's like? What do you do? What's uh? What do you think in terms of promotion wise, podcasters might be doing wrong, or or what would you advise when it comes to promoting a podcast? Oh man, those are so many questions. I'm gonna say that's and we've got <laughs> yeah and go. Uh, I get this question actually. Uh, uh, Ariel Nissenblatt will tag me in posts when somebody says, Hey, how do I advertise my podcast on social media? And it's like, Whoa, uh, well, <laughs> I could go on. I need, I need that, uh, Twitter blue 4,000 characters. Now. <laughs> the, to promote your podcast, it really always it, to promote anything. Let's just it's like, right. Whether it's podcasting or not, what is your goal? What are you trying to do? And then, where are the people that you're trying to interact with? And then how do we engage with those people? Uh, it, it's really what it comes down to every time is who is it? And then how, how do we get in front of them? What are your, what resources do you have to do that? So uh, both from, you know, time resources, you know, social media platforms, monetary resources in terms of advertising, what does your website look like? How, you know, there's so many, different pieces to that, that I think that every single, there's not one answer for, for everybody. Sorry. Look at me hitting the microphone with my hand, like a, a newbie. Um, there, there are, you know, I would, every single one I I address separately. Uh, yesterday there was a, a guy who makes a podcast about coaching and it's a really cool idea. He's got some really good, like he lives that life. So he wanted to know how to advertise on social media for that. And, you know, so st- I started looking into the different, you know, platforms that he's on. He's only on Instagram and on YouTube. And then I asked him, are you looking to get more YouTube subscribers? Or are you looking to get more podcast listeners? And I think that his show is only on Spotify for podcasters. And I don't know if he's published it to all the different places. So that would be the first thing that I would recommend. But you know, it really be, uh, is it, uh, do, you, do you need to start a Facebook page so that you can advertise to coaches in that area? 
um, or LinkedIn. You can definitely find coaches on LinkedIn that you could get your information in front of, but LinkedIn advertising is expensive. So do you have the monetary resources for that? So there's, it's really every single, every, there's no like, give $50 to this person and they're going to get you, uh, you know, 200 listeners. There's- the the 10,000, I, I always picture a giant, it's about five feet tall. Um, it's a light switch made of gold. And you, you <laughs> just come over and go, and like 10,000 downloads instantly. And I'm like, I keep looking for that. It's like Willy Wonka. I'm like, I just, I'm waiting for that golden ticket where you open it up and you're like, 10,000 downloads. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I, exactly. Um, I just played... And, and I, I, every time I do this, I go, oh, you know what? Here's what I probably should have done. Have you ever played with Buzzsprout ads? Um, I, I, I was, I've looked into them. I have not pulled the trigger on that. So the first one I did, um, I, I was on 221 shows, um, but none, some of these were not exactly what I would call a great match. So this time I came back because they added more features, and they said, here are these that – I think originally I had 37 – because I said I want uh, slightly more male audience because podcasting is slightly more male. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anybody after 30 to 50, et cetera, et cetera. And so they ended up on four shows. Um, but what I wish they did, oops, I had that, um, is these four shows, which was kind of interesting about this, is I saw the shows that kind of matched. This was handy in terms of, like, maybe people I should reach out and network with. So right. that was kind of interesting. And then here were the four that actually said, yes, I will play Dave's ad. And this ad was much better. The first ad I did was horrendous. Mm-hmm. I listened to it because it was all about Dave Jackson. Look at Dave Jackson's been podcasting forever. Dave, and I was like this. So I made it much more about them. And are you struggling with a podcast and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the fun thing was, I think I, I forget what I paid for this. It wasn't super expensive, but it wasn't super cheap. But I was smart. I used a tool called Switchy. And uh, it's just a kind of a click tracking tool. And I think mm-hmm. I got seven clicks out of out of 5,000 listens. And I was like, hmm. So I, I, what I should have done when I thought about this, if I really wanted to get the most out of this, was I should have found one show that really, really fit my show and just picked that one. So Went that, all in. Yeah. And so that those people, um, I'm trying to figure out where the stop sharing is. Here we go. Um, <laughs> so that those people would have heard the ad more frequently then in this case, and that's why I emailed Buzzsprout this morning. I said, what would be really cool if I could see, look, I'd first of all, 5,000 impressions is not that much. Most people buy many, many more, but I'm just dipping my toe in the water. But it would have been cool to see how, which, like, was that first show like 4,000 plays and the other one were 500 each or what? And it'd be also, I mean, I had my own little click tracking tool, but it'd be cool if they had one to say, oh, this show delivered X amount of clicks, this show delivered none. So you can kind of know which show is this resonating with. But uh, were you able to see spikes in your other analytics that maybe people didn't click onto, but maybe they went and searched? And listen, for? yeah, I, I need to go. I haven't checked yet. I just did that this this morning where I realized that, oh, yeah, my campaign's over. So I need to go back and see did my, my downloads go up? Or mm-hmm. uh, I know Kevin Schmidlin, who does the Grow Your Show podcast. And he said he had a weird thing where his numbers shot up by like 25%. And he Mm. said, it's weird because it wasn't on a launch day. Because normally you get that big spike on that. And he figured out it was when he was on my show. And my show would released. And he said what was cool is he, he, you know, he got this big spike. Not whatever. He got a spike. 
And then he said, the big thing was next week, did it go back down to normal? And he said, no, he goes, I actually retained some of those people. And so his point was in terms of regarding advertising on social or, or things like that, was to advertise where your audience is. And he had a great story. I guess there was some job in the United States that like only 2,000 people do it. It's a really Mm -hmm. hyper niche show. So somebody got the list of people that do this job and he sent them a postcard and said, you should listen to the show. Now, I don't know if the guy had a QR code or whatever, but Kevin was saying that in reality, that's probably maybe wasted marketing because Mm -hmm. how far away from pressing play are you when you get a postcard? And, yeah. And I was like, that's that's a pretty decent point. And I know on um, social media, I always approach social media as the people who are probably following you already probably know you have a podcast. So maybe make the tweet something for them to share to the people who are following them because they don't know you have a podcast. So um, right. is that decent advice? I would say that's definitely decent advice. The one thing I would say, you know, digital ads, people are getting hit with digital ads constantly. So sometimes like now that that postcard might actually, if, if it's in conjunction, you know, like an omni channel approach to, to advertising, if you are doing some digital stuff and somebody receives a postcard, let's say they see you on uh, LinkedIn advertising, cause you've got a very, you know, niche job title that you can target and they receive a postcard and, you know, maybe you they saw it on a Facebook ad as well. Now you've got these different touch points where people start to tip to the point of action that, you know, so I'm, but, you know, sending a postcard can be definitely can be pricey. Uh, So there's, uh, there's just getting creative and going out of the way to, to do some of these different types of things. I I think, uh, and, and again, it goes back to, there's not that big golden switch. (laughs) And, and you got to work for it. And I, I think the other part is really building a community and, and, you know, building that audience and, you know, like what you have here, Dave, on, on your shows that you have, you have an audience of people who you give advice to, that you listen to, that you, um, you know, have built that trust. So that's a lot easier than when somebody comes here and they see, oh, look, this is a community. I want to be a part of that versus, hey, listen to my show, hey, listen to my show, hey, listen to my show, and what, you know, it's, it's, there's so much noise and so many people, you know, beating down your door to get you to listen to their thing or buy their thing or join their thing, and I I think you really just need to deliver good quality, authentic experiences, and and that's, that's the starting point. The rest of the pieces will really depend on who you are and who you're talking to. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we haven't hit on yet, and I just checked it last night, and it was like, huh. So it's another thing I have to go back and check my stats now, is, uh, of course, YouTube rolled out, he said in quotation marks, because I am an old curmudgeon, um, mm-hmm. podcasts, which I heard somebody call them YouTube podcasts. Like, hmm. <laughs> but anyway, this is where you go in and you check a playlist to be a podcast. And we were all kind of like, in fact, uh, Bandrew, who is in the chat room, uh, I've, I've always enjoyed his take. And, and Bandrew does have a question, which is, how is your day going? <laughs> so far, it's doing great. I got yeah, Bandrew Scott in my chat room. I mean, that's great when you got that going on. But, uh, oh, and I always do this. I unstarred his, his chat, and now I have to go back and find 
you know, here, what if I do this? There we go. All right. Yeah, there you go. Um, but anyway, so I heard Bandrew say that if you check this and make it a podcast, it will show up in YouTube music. Don't forget mm-hmm. the music part of that. So last night, I've had YouTube music because I'm a YouTube red or whatever it is, premium, because I don't want to hear 37 ads, you know, a minute. <laughs> um, so I, I pay for that, but I've never used YouTube music. I think I might have fired it up once to go, Oh, okay, but I, I listen to music on Pandora if I want to just let it go, and I'm a big Spotify if I want to listen to a certain song now. Um, yep. But I was like, I wonder if they're really in YouTube music, and I went in and I was like, oh, there, there they are. There's my stuff. So I need to go make better artwork because the fun thing yep. was it was like, hey, make this playlist, and we're like, and what, what, what happens? <laughs> yep. So I don't know if my numbers are going to go up or down or what, but. Uh, that's that's one that's one of the uh results i guess of checking that is uh because when he said that i was like is that official yeah like and I, of course it is because it's from bandrew and he knows everything so, right exactly yeah so uh, yeah i've moved all of my podcasts to uh I've, I've included their podcast playlists on youtube yeah i'm seeing you know dozens of listens over my full catalog so there uh, you go. Pretty pretty good so far. <laughs> <laughs> tens tens of listeners have come <laughs> over. <laughs> Woo. Look at all look at all the listener I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be interested. I I know that uh you know, they're kind of following the same playbook of 2016 when they had Google Play Music and they only rolled it out to the US and blah blah blah, but also I, go ahead. Google Plus was the same way. Google Plus they made all this all this hype about it, but then they only let certain people in and, and in the U S and you saw how that flopped. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to, to see, cause I, I, anything that makes podcasting more popular, um, I'm all for that, but mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I've, I've seen this movie before. Uh, the other thing that kind of happened this week was the podcast standards project is now official. And what was cool about this, if you go to podstandards.org, I was in the room when this happened, and it was one of those where... The room happened. The room went... (laughs) (laughs) But it was kind of like one of those where I walked out because it was Libsyn, Transistor, Blueberry, Buzzsprout. There might have been another one in there. RSS.com. Can't forget them because they paid for the the meal, which was great. Uh, nice. uh, James Cridlin, Todd Cochran, Rob Greenlee. I mean, all these, you know, and we all kind of said, hey, there's all this stuff coming down with podcasting 2.0, all these new features we want to add. Why don't we all kind of sit down and figure out, like, which one of these should we move first? Because in theory, if we want an app to add a feature they're going to go, well, let's see how many of these people are putting it into the media host. So if the yep. media hosts come out and say, hey, we've added this new feature for blah, 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 then the apps are much more likely to go, oh, we should probably throw some code on that so that it shows up in our player. And when I walked out, I was uh, talking to Rob Greenlee, uh, Daniel J. Lewis was there, and I was like, I think we just saw history. Like, You know what I mean? It was one of those words, like, <laughs> it was kind of like almost like being in the room with the the signing of the Declaration of Independence or something like that. I'm like, I think that's actually going to be something. And I was really happy because that was probably 
close to a year ago. And I've seen many a, hey, let's get a group of people and we're going to, we're going to change the world. And I was like, <laughs> the, the longer it didn't show up, I was like, yeah. uh, please don't be one of those where like, that was, that would have been cool. Uh, so I'm happy to hear that they're, they've actually, they're meeting and they're coming up with stuff, but a, a great example of this of like, okay, Dave, why is this exciting? If you look at Apple iTunes on a PC or Spotify on a PC, they completely hork your your show notes. Just forget about it. They're not going to look like anything you typed. And yeah. every app kind of treats your show description kind of differently. So it'd be mm -hmm. nice if we could all just say, hey, this is what we're going to do with show descriptions. I'm trying to say show descriptions instead of show notes, although yeah, this I is a podcast for podcasting, so... Everybody here knows what show notes are. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. sh it should be interesting to see. Uh, it's just one of those like, ooh, this is more than a good idea. It's actually slowly moving. And that's, I think, part of the problem is we always want it to move at the speed of, you know, now. And that doesn't always happen. Can I bend your ear on, on something that I'd like to see yeah. as part of these odd standards? So you use PodPage. Mm -hmm. I use another service similar to that. Yeah. The... So it takes the 3000 by 3000 yeah. episode image and brings that into your, your, your latest episode. What I'd like to see in the RSS feed is an open graph image, 1200 by 630, a spot for that. Mm. So that for all of us who use this and import our RSS feed into a website, that we will have the proper feature image that would be used on Facebook, Twitter, and you know, LinkedIn, those different places automatically that we can upload at the time that we are creating the podcast episode mm. instead of, you know, episode goes live, let's say at midnight and your page is created on your website. Now in the morning when you wake up, you need to go and edit that page in order to add in. And if you're not doing this, you need to be doing this to add in your social sharing graphic and and then save that and then now you can go and share it on social if you're doing that or wherever but you know not everybody you know the world is 24 hours wide so some people might be accessing that early yeah. and before you get up and are able to do that or you know maybe you're publishing as soon as you finish your episode i don't know how many people do that uh, i think you're a psychopath if you uh, can just <laughs> go and i'm just kidding but uh publishing that right away but i would say having that social sharing graphic or that open graph image as part of the rss feed i think would go a long way to the future of how all of this works and promoting and, and putting on websites what happens if you just have the square image it doesn't show appropriately on social i can um I could probably find a, an example for that. Actually, uh, this morning I launched an episode of uh, one of my shows as an April Fool's joke and only had the graphic in. So it uh, sometimes it displays different on Twitter, for instance, and on on Facebook, or it will um, like zoom in and expand it, and so everything's cut off and looks not appropriate. Yeah, or so, blurry, or yeah, yeah. Exactly. so interesting. Yeah, and so the you know, those open graph sizes are the same for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, the other smaller ones that are out there these days, uh, uh, hive, uh, oh, there's those news spoutable, spoutable. you know, so that they, yeah. <laughs> so that they, they all, 
take that same size, it's a standard. And, you know, we've got resources like PodPage or even like uh, the Libsyn, you know, the, the page that's auto-generated from yeah. Libsyn or from, from your other other hosts out there. Having that information in there would make the experience better for all podcasters, in my opinion. There you go. Great idea. I'm not on the board. I, I was in the room and... Uh, I forget who the Libsyn. I think the guy, the the person that's the product manager of Libsyn, the hosting part, uh, sure. is on that board. Rob, I think Rob Greenlee's still there, even though he's gone indie. But you know, I know Todd. Um, basically, Transistor, Buzzsprout, they're all mm-hmm. working on this together. And I was like, this would be cool if we can get it to uh, to work. And i it's it's nice to see the they have a page again. If you go to uh, podstandard.org uh you can kind of see there and i there i there is a button there for like leave feedback so you okay. might, you might want to go click on that and go hey let's get that social share thing going so yeah cuz yeah. there there are some features that are are especially the ones that like most people would use obviously that makes sense let's you mm-hmm. know again who's my audience what do they want let's give it to them and some of these things are going to get, you know, pushed through and some might not because they're hyper, hyper niche. We'll see. But or they're just yeah. going to be on the bottom of the list. We'll see. But uh, I was excited just to see that it was moving because I I still think, uh, you know, just for for years, people were like, I oh, would need to dump RSS. And then somebody just went, why don't we just make it better? And I was like, yeah, here's a, here's <laughs> a novel idea. So that should be uh should be fun to see. So that was another thing that rolled out this week. Um, but keep that in mind, though, um, just to, to wrap this up, because the, the one I see the most of is your your show description. See, now I just said the wrong thing. Your episode description. Mm-hmm. I always say, number one, avoid, if you can, no matter who your host is, typing it in Microsoft Word and copying and pasting. Because anytime I have somebody that's like, it doesn't look right. And I go in and I turn on like the, you know, the text view, the HTML view. You can see mm-hmm. if it's been Word because there's just all this extra weird formatting. Style just, stuff. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you're like, that's – so the first thing I usually do is I cut the description out. And then if I think it's Control-Shift-V because normally Control-V right. is paste. Control-Shift-V is pasted as text only and it strips out all the formatting. And then format it in whoever your media host is because yep. in theory – any formatting they do should be okay, but there there are still like iTunes, and that's yeah. actually correct. iTunes on a PC that still exists is just going to mess everything up. So I just thought we just had a bunch of people who haven't updated their computers since two thousand eight. Well, there's, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll show the links like you know it'll say like Fuzz Martin, and then it'll be in parentheses like fifteen with Fuzz dot com or something <laughs> like that um, when it when it displays inappropriately. Yeah, there is uh, SoundCloud still has not put in features that were introduced by Apple in 2017. So when I hear somebody's using SoundCloud, I'm like, hmm, well, I don't know if you know this. And the fact that no advertiser would ever touch a show that's on SoundCloud, because if you want to see why, just go to Google and type in buy SoundCloud plays, because you can get a lot of plays for next to no money. Um, Okay. They're not IAB certified. Yeah. Yep. So that's just one of those. I, I think the biggest thing to ruin SoundCloud has been TikTok because mm. all of the people who were, you know, like SoundCloud rappers or SoundCloud music artists are now trying to produce their stuff for TikTok because there's such a bigger 
reach. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's yes. Chris, uh, SoundCloud, uh, barfing emoji. Agreed. Exactly. <laughs> that's just one of those where it's like, is that still around? You know, we, we mentioned earlier right. about clubhouse, like sound, like really? And I always, yeah. what happens is like Libsyn can, can automatically post a SoundCloud. But if you have the free SoundCloud account, I think you get three hours of free okay. space. And I and so somebody will say like, hey, I don't see my latest episode. And I'm like, well, you're on the free plan. You're over yeah. three hours. And I always say, you might want to go over and see exactly how many plays you got on SoundCloud and then decide. Because if, you, if you're not going to pay, and why would you? Because you already have a media host. Um you have to take down some episodes and I'm like, you might want to see how many like plays that episode got because going in every now and then and deleting a couple episodes to make room for more may not be worth it. If you're only getting, you know, four plays per episode on a, you know, platform, it isn't IEB certified. And that at yeah. times is a little, you know, suspect with the whole, uh, I did have <laughs> a, uh, was contacted this week by a company that, you know, cutting edge technology, going to promote my show, reach a younger demographic because they were going to make my podcast a reward. So you're playing whatever legends of Zelda or insert video game, whatever. And when you, you know, to get to the next level, you have to sit through this podcast. And I was like, no, like a, my, my target audience. Now, if I'm doing a video game show, Okay, I might be talking to these people, but I, I emailed back. Mm-hmm. I'll go, are you the people that were helping iHeart promote this way? <laughs> and they did not get back to me. So I'm thinking oh, they, yeah. they might be uh, that. But I just was like, yeah, that's that's not what I would call effective, um, you know. Uh, I, once, I once had an employee who was younger and a little bit greener at what he was doing, but he worked on the digital advertising team. And for one of our larger clients, he forgot to uncheck a box and spent $27,000 on ads running on, yeah, it'll last long, uh, ads running on kids apps. So like ABC mouse and stuff like that. And uh, the client came back and said, uh, you know, like, well, well, when it came to reporting time and he, he pulled that up and, and showed it to the client. I, I didn't have it. I didn't review it before it went out because I wasn't on that team, but ended up, yeah, we had to, we had to credit them $27,000. So that's, uh, uh, but yeah, that's those types of reward advertising and all that is just yeah, not, I, not I, it. I just was <laughs> like, that does not look like a good idea at, at all mm-hmm. in any aspect of that. So awesome. Well, as I look at the clock on the wall, it is time to hit the big green button and start the outro music, which is always great fun. But, uh, Fuzz Martin, man. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Uh, in, in two minutes or less, life after Good Morning Podcasters, are, are we happy that you've... Yeah. 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 So I, I... Doing Good Morning Podcasters was fun, but it felt like work to me, and it didn't feel like, you know, the podcasts that I really... The podcasts that I enjoy doing are my wife's podcast and the Tech Tools for Teachers podcast. And my podcast, 15 Minutes with Fuzz, which, again, is very hyper-local and feel like I'm actually giving back to my local community with that. I enjoy participating in things like this with you, Dave, and on the Twitter spaces and and in these different kinds of 
areas where I can lend some of my advertising background, but doing it three times a week was just way too much. So, uh, but I, again, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks to Jim Collison for letting me steal his seat for the day uh, where he's off doing whatever he's doing. Hopefully it's fun. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks. And uh, Fuzz regularly appears on the Podcasting Power Hour, which I also occasionally pop in on. So that's always fun. And uh, on the School of Podcasting this week, I'm interviewing uh, Deidre Shen from Capshow. And we're talking a little like AI and the fact that, I mean, she started Capshow and literally like two months later, ChatGPT blew up. And so we Mm kind of talk about what do you do when you have competition and how do you survive that and that whole nine yards? And uh, it's actually pretty interesting. I've been, I uh, edited it last night. So that'll be out on Monday School of Podcasting. We're here every Saturday, 1030, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Thanks to the chat room. And uh, we will see you next Saturday. And as far as I know, Jim will be back. But uh, thanks for showing up. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.